Welcome back to another episode of Council Games brought to you by Milo Coaching Systems and also presented to you by Legion Athletics, a supplement brand by Mike Matthews. They have great stuff, guys. Go ahead and check them out. Use our code MILOCOACHING at checkout for 20% off your first order or double the reward points, or you can use the link in our bio. All of their products are third-party tested and science-backed dosages, so you get all the stuff you need and none of the crap that you don't. So go ahead and check them out and use our code or link, and thanks for listening. All right, welcome back. If you skipped last week's episode and you're a little confused what's going on with today's format, be a better council member. Go back and listen to next week's episode. Download, like, share, send it to your Mima. I'm sure she wants to all know about stretching, mobility, odd object, lifting, running, and all that good stuff. So, without further ado, we are we are back. Slip some Anavar in Mima's coffee. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm not a lawyer, but I'm pretty sure that's not illegal. Let her... <laughs> Beat up on all the other residents in the nursing home. Anyways, um, see, this is problematic. I'm getting off track here. Anyways, so focus back in. We're doing an episode series. We're going to hand at the end of it. It'll probably be three or four episodes, depending on timing, where we're doing overrated, underrated, and perfectly rated. So what we're doing is I have a list. I'm running through it with Sean. He hasn't really seen it yet, so I'm getting kind of knee-jerk reactions from Sean, and I'm just listing topics, and then we're diving into why we gave it the rating we gave. So... Without further ado, we are going to start off with the first topic here, Sean. I think I know your answer on this one, too, but I think the, the people need to hear. Sub-maximal work. Do I even need to answer this one, Kyle? Can we just skip it? Yeah. Everyone's yeah, on board? Underrated? No, I'm kidding. This is so underrated. Um, I think it's becoming – it's still underrated. Don't get me wrong. I think it's becoming less underrated now. I think it's becoming more popular, but I think – Generally speaking, as a whole, it's underrated because you see so many people just want to go in and do their one rep max or two rep max or three rep max, whatever, and then call it a day. Um, there is so much to be left on the table when you skip your sub max work. Um, reasons being, but not limited to, um, volume, hypertrophy, technique, speed, work, depending on, you know, what you're training for, what you're using, what lift you're doing, what modality you're using it with. Um, but yeah, I mean, submax work is like the bread and butter of what makes any program work. Um, like, yes, you're going to get stronger from doing your high intensity sets, but the submax work is what's going to tie it all together and make everything come together really smooth. You're going to get your added volume in whatever rep range you're doing. Added volume is good if it's at a lower submax percent because you're going to be able to get better quality reps that are going to add to your higher weight reps because you're going to be able to apply the technique that you use on your submax work to your high intensity sets. Um, so yeah, if you're not doing submax work, go fucking do it. Perfect. Beautiful. Story. I'm also underrated. Um, all the reasons Sean listed, I think. The biggest neglected one is skill development because I think, you know, even some of the best squatters in the world will always agree that they have things they can improve on in that lift. So skill development being a massive one, GPP, hypertrophy, all of those things, I think there's a good argument to be made that you get stronger at 80 to 90 percent than you do 90 to 100 percent. Now, with that being Absolutely. said, caveat, I think that the 90 to 100 percent is necessary in order to appropriately peak and express that strength. But I am a firm believer of majority of strength is built in 80 to 90%. One other thing I'm going to say here, Sean, and <clears throat> bear with me because I know it sounds a little crazy when I start. Let me explain myself here. 
This is my tinfoil hat theory on this. I think that a lot of people that are in strongman or powerlifting, I would say a majority of people, started as gen pop fitness people that just wanted to lift weights to look better, feel better, get stronger, whatever. And then I think they slowly gravitate into strength sports. I think there's very few people that wake up one day at 23 and go, I want to compete in strongman, so I'm just going to start lifting weights today. I think that's pretty uncommon. Would you agree with that? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So where I'm going with that is I think that a lot of people start learning fitness incorrectly. And I think a lot of people – and I'm actually going to add another caveat here too. I think it's really bad in athletes. um, But I think a lot of people start in their fitness journey or they have history as an athlete, competitive athlete, where they feel like they're only getting a workout in if they're dead afterwards. And there's a time and a place for workouts where you feel dead afterwards. But a majority of our work in the workout, you should not feel totally fucking fried to where you can't even move off the powerlifting chair you're sitting on for 30 minutes because of your exercise. I think some people still are in that, you know, beginner gen pop fitness mindset of like, well, if I don't feel dead when I leave the gym and had a great sweat, then I didn't get anything out of it. And so I think it's hard for people to shift out of that mindset. And so then when they get into strength sports, especially powerlifting worse than strongman, but they gravitate towards this, like, I need to hit that one rep max because I need to feel like I'm totally exhausted everything. And once again, I would argue that the majority of strength is going to be built in the 80 to 90% range, leaving one to two reps in the tank. And I think that's where you're going to see a majority of training. Now, there are obviously caveats to that, right? Like there's going to be times where we want to push things, whether we're peaking or, hey, maybe we're working on something where we're doing volume work to failure and we're getting benefits out of that short term for hypertrophy, or maybe we're getting mental benefits of teaching you to push through things. But I think a majority of our work should be in that 80 to 90%, one to two reps left in the tank. And that's where we're going to make most strength movement, especially because, as we talk about all the time, you need to be able to recover from what you're doing. So if you're, you know, blowing your wad doing 100% one rep max every week, you're not going to recover from that. So you have to be able to put yourself in a position where you can recover from it. So I know it sounds a little crazy, but I think that people tend to have that instinct deep down of like, I need to push things to an all new level every time I work out. And that's not necessarily most optimal physiologically for improving your strength. I don't know if you have thoughts on that. Agree, disagree, hate it, love it. Yeah, no, yeah, I totally agree. Um, Aside from like Olympic lifting where you do like your um, undulating periodization where you have like a heavy lift every week on both, yeah. both lifts um just because like if your squat is 500 pounds but your snatch is 200 pounds you can push that snatch really hard oh, yeah. clean and jerk you clean and jerk might be 300 pounds but you know you can power clean 400 or 350 whatever you know like the the clean and jerk the the jerk and the snatch are going to be limiting factors so on that stuff like that you can push hard week in week out obviously there's times where you need breaks from it but you're going to see that a lot more prevalent in um olympic lifting but actually we haven't really talked about olympic lifting at all so i don't know why i kind of thought of that i just kind of felt like yeah I had to no it's it a good example though but, program um, for powerlifting and strongman um you're not going to want to go much above like 95 percent until 90 95 percent until like the last two to three weeks of your peak and i always tell all my athletes that you're not going to get any stronger in the last two to three weeks all yep. you're doing is realizing the strength that you've built over the last couple of weeks. And the only reason we're doing these heavy lifts is to get your body used to feeling that weight. You're going to be able to hit your 100% max on like week one or week two of that final strength block. But 
not as good, not as clean as you would if you work up slowly to it over the last couple of weeks because you have to get your body acclimated to moving that kind of weight. Um, like just the spinal compression and feeling of that heavy ass weight is going to be more than what you're used to. So again, the strength is built. The strength is all there. All you have to do is, like we said, realize the strength or acclimate the body to moving that kind of weight. Yeah. And this perfectly transitions into our next one. And I think after you've listened to the last five minutes of that, you're going to know our answer already. Maxing out. God, overrated. Severely can't overrated. <laughs> can't tell you how many times. Well, sorry. I could tell you how many times I've maxed out in the last year. And it, uh, it's been like three times. Not counting competitions. Like if we take out competitions, just talking about like maxing and training. It's been like three times. And actually, I won't even say three. I hit a trap bar max like three weeks ago. I pulled 700 on trap bar. But that's because I have never pulled on a trap bar before since, well, I'll say I pulled on it in high school and I've done, I've used trap bar before. Like I've done speed poles and I've done like trap bar rows, if you want to count that. But I've never <laughs> like trained trap bar. So. <clears throat> And trap bar is an event at nationals. So we kind of want to see a starting point where I'm at so we can get percentage numbers to work off of moving into nationals and not just saying, hey, let's find a set of eight, you know, a wait for a set of eight and work up to it. Like your trap bar pull is going to be way heavier than what you're going to be able to pull in a straight bar. So we got to figure out what you're going to be able to pull so we can get working reps or yep. ranges for like the set given reps. Um, and then let's see, not counting competition. Um, cause obviously there's going to be maxes in that I hit an overhead PR, um, back before the comp uh, regionals competition in June, but I won't even call that a one rep max because it wasn't structured as like, go hit a one rep max. It was work up to a heavy single and I hit it super easily and I could have hit more. So I'm not even going to yeah. really call that as a one rep max. Um, I did a powerlifting meet. So not even like if we're going to count that as a max, we can. So I hit maxes on squat bench dead. Yeah, I guess for me too, like the the differentiation and def defining what that meaning there too. Like I wouldn't even consider a powerlifting meet maxing out because to me maxing out is like going until you fail. You yeah. know what I mean? Versus now yeah, you yeah. might fail on a powerlifting platform, but to me maxing out is all right, I'm taking the two twenty five bench, two forty five bench, two sixty five bench, two seventy five bench, two eighty five bench until I fail. Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah. So really if you count that, then I haven't maxed out. Like there's no need. Like Sometimes I'll have people do it, you know, like let's work up to a heavy single, see where you're at. So like the trap bar. Yeah. Um, but there's so much more risk for, I'll say if you do it often, there's so much more risk for injury, building terrible movement patterns, because if you're not used to moving that kind of weight and then all of a sudden you just go and like hit a one rep max, then you're just going to deteriorate your form. And the more you do it, like just the worst it's going to get over time just because you get used to grinding out awful lifts and you're going to go, Oh, you're, well, you're not going to say that. Like your body's going to get used to moving it that way. So then every time yeah. you do it, it's going to get worse. Um, and yeah, like if you're, if you're just not getting your sub max work in, then you're really not getting a whole lot out of it. Like you just said, um, you have to train for what you can recover from. So if you're just maxing out all the time, you're never going to be recovered. And honestly, if, if you're not a pure beginner, 
you've been training for a couple months and you continue to just keep maxing out every week, you're probably going to hit a plateau and then maybe even start to see your list come down a little bit. Yep, absolutely. If you don't take any time off because you're just going to be so fatigued if you've been doing that week in, week out, that your form's going to be shit. Like, you're going to feel like shit. You're just not going to be able to move that kind of weight. So, yeah. Get a program. Yeah, yeah exactly. I, don't I agree with every everything you said there as far as answering that. I mean, I, I think it's severely overrated. Um I do want to talk a little bit just to add some context too of like when we do max outs for our clients and why we do that. So for me personally, <clears throat> I will have clients where they might have like planned PRs, but yes. it's pretty rare I have a client max out. And so they might have a planned PR and that might be their new one rep max. But as far as like, okay, we're going to come in and just see how heavy you lift until you fail. That's pretty rare for me. Um, yeah, I won't say now, I never do that, but yeah. everyone's fine. I was going to say, I have done it for clients, and the only circumstances I do it is if it's something that I think they're ready for, and if it's something that I can trust them to do without injuring themselves, and if it's something that it might be every once in a while, there's a little bit to be said as a coach of giving your clients something they want every once in a while, even if it might not be the best for them. There might be times where psychologically it helps them to do it. Now, even with that, I genuinely tend to, generally tend to try to discourage doing it to failure. I try to do it more of like a planned PR type of day, and I might push things a little bit more than a normal planned PR kind of day. So I'm pretty rarely going to have someone max out. Um, but once again, I think there are benefits occasionally to the psychological aspect of giving that to a client. But this comes back to a deeper conversation of, can someone do a max out and fail and be okay with it? If you're the type of lifter, if you fail a lift, that you don't want to go back to the gym for two months and you hate yourself, you should never go to fail, right? You should never go to a max out point like that. If you're someone who's mentally able to be like, oh, I missed it because of this or that, or hey, I wasn't strong enough, it's okay, then that's something I'm more comfortable doing with. So I think maxing out is very, very rarely a good idea. Um, and if it is, for me, it's more of a psychological thing. And like I said, it's almost always going to be a planned PR idea, not a go-to failure idea. So like I said, largely, largely overrated. I think you see this more in powerlifting than in strongman. Um because yeah. I think there's people that just, oh, I want to see if I still got it, which is a terrible statement. You should never say that and go into a gym and try something stupid. Only other caveat I'll add that I think people do this really stupidly is they don't peak for it. They just decide one day to do it in the gym. And if you're in like a volume phase, for example, and you've been in a volume phase for a while and you go try to lift a heavy one at max, one, you're going to be disappointed in the number. Two, the injury risk is way higher if you're not properly peaked and ready to lift those weights. Um, so that's my thing too. Because I know like a lot of coaches will do this thing where – when somebody starts with them, um, they'll have them get a one rep max. But to me, there's so much more context to that that matters. And there's safer ways I can, as a coach, find out where someone's general one rep max is. Like I can have them, you know, hey, do an AMRAP until form breakdown at 185 on bench. And then I can kind of do some calculations there. I like that route as a coach when I take on a new client if I have them, if that makes sense in their training to do it. Versus like, hey, I want you to go to the gym and hit squat bench, deadlift, and overhead press in one day. Let me know how it goes. Agree with everything you're saying there. Yeah. I actually right. just had Jordan do a one rep max day because I wanted to see your trap bar max. And, yeah. and that's I a know, perfect example, like you yeah, said, for well, your own training. Well, it kind of goes against what we were just talking about here. And it was kind of silly of me because she was obviously disappointed in her numbers because we were just in a volume phase. Um, but not long ago, we were pushing some really heavy numbers on bench right before regionals back at the end of June. So, you know, like we backed down, but she was hitting some really, really 
big numbers for sets of eight on bench that were like her sets of five previously. So I was like, yeah. okay, let's just see what you got. You know, like you're going on vacation this week, this next week, we're in between blocks. You had a deload. You should be feeling good. Let's go hit it. Um, didn't go perfect. You know, we hit a really big number on trap bar, which we were expecting, but bench not so well. So yeah, take it from us. It's not always the best thing. And I, I trust in Jordan to be able to come back from that mentally. You know, she's not going to yeah. let that bug her too much. Whereas if I give that to someone else who's more of a beginner and they go and, you know, Jordan understands because she's a coach herself. Like she understands why those numbers weren't there because she wasn't peaked for it. But if I were to give that to someone else, they might be like, oh, my God, well, I was able to hit that a couple months ago right before my powerlifting meet. Why wasn't I able to hit that now? Yeah. And that's because, you know, you're not peaked for it. So you have to understand why you're doing what you're doing. And I think not to stray off too far on a tangent here, but when you know why you're doing what you're doing, you're able to do it better. And I, I know we've talked about this before on podcasts. Um, so try and stay in the know when you're training and it'll benefit you more in the long run. Yep. Perfect. All right. Next one. I'm curious to hear your answers on this. Kettlebells. Uh, I want to kettlebells are underrated, man. I wish I wish my gym had them. I wish more gyms had them. Only downside being they're so damn expensive. I was yeah. actually looking at the price of them yesterday because I got a text from Titan Fitness. They like revamped their website, and I wanted to go check it out. And I was like, "Man, I wonder how much kettlebells are in here." Like, because they have, have really good prices. And I saw, <sighs> so disappointed. They're so fucking yeah. expensive. Um, if you have access to like a small set of kettlebells, I love them, dude. Like they're just so you can do so many things with them you can do stuff you can do like dumbbell style work with them and then you can do things with them that you can't do with dumbbells at all like swings cleans snatches like variations of swings like figure eight swings single arm swings banded swings all these different things um i love 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 like kettlebell cleans and snatches we used to do that shit all the time in college wrestling like yeah. It was in every week, week after week, because we had up to 100-pound kettlebells. So, you know, obviously, 100-pound kettlebells is pretty heavy. But for us, it wasn't, like, super, super heavy. So what Tanner would have us do would be 20-rep squats on double kettlebell front rack. So not, like, goblet, like two kettlebells. Yeah. And he would give us the 100-pound kettlebells, and we would have to hold them on our shoulders. But we couldn't, like, hold them up on our, like, on our delts, on our neck. Like that we actually had to position. hold them out in the front rack with our arms Oof. up and we would just bang out 20 rep squats and dude that sucks so bad but i miss it so much like, i miss being able to do that and that's what i loved about viking was they had kettlebells up to like 205 or whatever obviously no one ever used the 205 but if you wanted to <laughs> it was there um yeah I, I think it's really good for overall development of athleticism um like we were talking about earlier in the last episode um if you want to consider yourself an athlete, you should be able to just pick up anything and figure out how to do it. Um, yeah. And that the kettlebell stuff is just another one of those examples, like running. Like if you can't do it, then how can you consider yourself an athlete? Like if you consider yourself an athlete, you should go be able to go and just pick up a kettlebell and figure out how to start swinging it in a day or two. You know, like you, that's just one of those things that I feel like is a rite of passage for strength athletes is knowing how to do a kettlebell swing. Like cleans are different. Um, because if you've never done a power clean before, you're not going to be able to figure out a kettlebell clean in a day. And especially if you're good at like 
really good at power cleans on a barbell and you've never done a kettlebell clean before, you're going to be really disappointed because it's so much different. You have to add in wrist rotation, the catch, yep. the swing, the timing. Got to get used to that kettlebell smacking you on the shoulder because if you're not used <laughs> to it, it's going to be a little uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if everyone had kettlebells, like all of my clients had kettlebells, they would have them in their program every week. I love them. But again, they're expensive. They're hard to come by. Um, I think there's a lot of people out there that only train with kettlebells. And I think that's a little bit overrated. Like, I think you can get a lot more out of barbell work than you can with kettlebells. But for people who train only on barbells, I think they're missing a lot, missing out on a lot that they could be getting in with kettlebell work. Yeah, I think uh, I, I agree with pretty much everything you said. I think kettlebells are massively underrated. Um, you know, when it comes to programming for a strongman, a powerlifting athlete, there's obviously going to be a hierarchy as far as what I'm putting in their program. Um, and depending on where the athlete's at, they might need more skill development in specific strongman movements. So we might not do a ton of kettlebell work, but as that progresses, I do like using kettlebell work. Um, I mean, I think it's a massive underrated tool for every category of lifter or exercise individual, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I think they are hugely beneficial. I think similar to what I said with the odd object, as well in last episode, yeah, so I was about you're to say, gaining kind of strength. Yeah, like you're gaining strength in a different range of motion and a different capacity. And so, you know, if you've only ever done barbell overhead press, overhead press with some kettlebells, you're going to be stunned at how weak you are in that movement. I mean, <laughs> I love it. Like, hard. yeah, it's super hard. And I love it too for like different warm up things like kettlebell arm bars before pressing. Um, I mean, there's a million things. Like, I, I love swings. I, a lot of my athletes, I use kettlebells as part of their conditioning. Um, one for moving pattern stuff, but two, it's just a really good tool to utilize for conditioning when they don't have access to everything under the sun, like a lot of strongman gyms do if they're more like a commercial gym. Kettlebells can be a great tool. I mean, there's a million things you could do with them. Like I love using them for carries, like <clears throat> suitcase carries with a kettlebell. Those are incredible. Front rack carries, overhead carries, bells up carries. Like there are so many variations. To me, that's one of those things like when I have a home gym, it's a non-negotiable. Now, granted, they are super expensive, so I don't think you need to get a set of every weight, but like a light pair, a moderate pair, and a heavy pair. I mean, there's so many good things you can do. You can teach deadlifts from a kettlebell, you know, kneeling kettlebell deadlifts. Like it's the list goes on and on of ways I love to utilize kettlebells. I think they're massively underutilized by everyone. I tend to agree with you that I think for most people, solely doing kettlebells, it's probably not the best idea. Now, if you're a strength athlete, that's not even in the conversation. I think if you're Gen Pop, there's a good argument to be made for like, hey, maybe for this six months, I'm going to get really good at kettlebell training and then it's go back into dumbbell barbell stuff. There is, dude. So, very random side story I want to share with people if you're if you're bored and want to look at something entertaining. When I was at the Arnold two years ago, we were just walking around in different rooms and I saw kettlebells. And I was like, that's interesting. There are kettlebell competitions where they do like hour-long sessions. No, dude. It's like they'll do like an, how many kettlebell cleans can you get in an hour? Oh, it's like yeah, insane, yeah, yeah. dude. So, yeah, please look I've that up. That like, yeah. I always laugh because, like, I think, like, strongman's a niche sport. And then you find something like that. And it's like, that was one of the rogue shit. challenges. You know how yeah. does the, yep. uh, I, I think they're just called rogue challenges. Like, they had a, a sandbag bear hug. They had the 50-cal challenge, which is, like, how fast can you pedal yeah. 50, 50 calories on the echo bike. Handstand push-ups, cleans. Like, they, it's basically yeah. just CrossFit. And I think one of them was a kettlebell clean. Like, how many can you do in... 20 or 30 minutes or something like yeah. that and it was some fucking absurd number like yeah. in the hundreds oh yeah it's crazy cleans. yeah maybe it was barbell i can't remember but yeah that's nuts um, so kettlebells i yeah massively massively underrated 
Um, it is unfortunate. I'm surprised more gyms don't have them, but that's my spiel on kettlebells. I, I like people using them. I have a question for you, Kyle. So let's let's put aside the cost of kettlebells and dumbbells. Let's just say they cost the same. Or you could get you could get you could get one yeah, you could get <laughs> one or the other, but you couldn't have both and they were just gonna be given to you for free. What are you taking the kettlebells? Kettlebells a thousand percent. I think there's just more you can do with them. Like I've had that thought because I'm hoping in the next couple of years to be able to have a home gym. Um, and obviously the barbell, the rack, those kind of things. But between kettlebells and dumbbells, I'm going kettlebells all the way because there's just so much more you can utilize them for. And so to me, I'm team kettlebell all the way. There's just way more options as far as training goes. I think it makes you a stronger athlete than dumbbells do. And everything you could do with a dumbbell, you could do with a kettlebell. You cannot say the almost. same for the – Most of the – Almost. Most almost. Yeah. There's a couple things that I could think of, but, yeah, there's so many more things you could do with the kettlebell. Way yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right, this transitions actually super well into our next one and our last topic for this episode, barbells. That, what the fuck, Kyle? What are you doing? I know. Who some came up with these here? questions? <laughs> oh, wait. That was you. Um, oh, underrated, overrated, perfectly rated. Oh, my gosh. I'm just going to go perfectly rated. I'm okay. A, we haven't really had one that's been like clear cut perfectly rated before. So I'm just going to go ahead and say that they're perfectly rated. Um, I, wanna... I think we could break this down into two categories again, like we did for the odd objects. I think we can say for power lifters. That's so tough though, because that's their, that's their specific sport. So I want to yeah. say it's a little overrated for power <laughs> yeah. lifters. Like they could get more out of other things, but then at the same time, all three lifts are on a barbell. So you can't, <laughs> you can't not train on a barbell. <laughs> So yeah, let's let's go perfectly rated. Um, I, I don't know. I, I think if you're training for like general fitness, they might be a little bit overrated because I think, well, no, no, never mind. I don't know. Let's just go perfectly rated. I'm not going to get too deep right. into the weeds here. I, I want to hear your thoughts on this. Yeah, I'm curious to hear if you change your opinion after this. I'm going overrated, and okay, I put this uh, yeah. in in here because I think it's a good conversation piece now. The caveat with that is I'm defining it as – I know, seriously. I'm defining that as like purely a traditional barbell because – and I'll, I'll address both sports. I think powerlifting, I'm still going to say overrated. And obviously it's super important to the sport. You need to be sport-specific, all those different things. But I don't think as a powerlifter you need to spend four to five days a week 52 weeks out of the year using a barbell. And I think so many yeah. powerlifters only use barbell training year-round. Now, granted, there's obviously that caveat of we need to increase our person. skill on a barbell. Yeah. And if I have a beginner, they're only using a barbell for the first couple of years because they need to get better at the skill of it. Now, once you get past those first couple of years and their, their technique looks pretty good, not going to be perfect, but it looks pretty decent, it's functional, I'm going to transition into other um, bars during their off-season. So, you know, during their 12 to 16-week peak, we're going to use barbells. And we might still keep barbell work in during the off-season, but... I'm going to use transformer bars. I'm going to use safety squat bars. I'm going to use camber bars. I'm going to use, you know, the American press bar from Elite FTS. I'm going to use axle bars. Like, to me, I think barbells are overrated in powerlifting because of that point because I think a lot of powerlifters only use barbells 52 weeks out of the year. And I think you're flirting with some overuse stuff. And I think you're neglecting benefits you can get out of, hey, if you are a wide bar or uh, wide stance, low bar squatter, you could get a lot of benefit out of spending some time working a safety spot bar and working on a more upright torso and getting better quad development, all those different things. Um, I think you can do odd objects. You can do all those different things. I think there's a lot to be said too for 
if you are getting to the point where you're totaling, let's say, you know, 1500 or higher, you need to take time after your competition to get away from a barbell and just let your body recover and spend time doing dumbbells, machines, and other things. I think for strongman, I also think it's massively, massively overrated more for strongman than for powerlifting because how many comp events do you see use a barbell and strong? Very, very Maybe few. Yeah. yeah. Now, might that be a deadlift, to... might be an overhead press. Yep, exactly. And, and now, every once in a while, you might have a squat. <laughs> yeah. It's very rarely. But then it might be on an axle. You know? Exactly. And that's the thing for me as a strongman. Like, you need to build the base strength on a barbell, especially when you're in that, like, one to two to three years of experience in that. I'm on board with that. I agree with that. I don't think we need to do it 52 weeks out of the year. I think, once again, same thing. You're going to run into overuse and you're going to run into, you know, neglecting some of your weaknesses. I think in strongman, there's a lot of benefit to using other things. Now, once again, for me, the biggest caveat is going to be experience level in the sport. How proficient are their barbell lifts? If their barbell lifts are perfect, we're absolutely going to start using other things. Um, and, you know, when we're peaking for a strongman competition, and we've had a lot of episodes where we talked about specificity, as we get closer to competition, we might not use a barbell except for squats when we're peaking, right? If we're doing an axle deadlift, I'm going to have them use an axle bar. If we're doing, you know, overheads on a log, they're going to be using a log. So for me, I think barbells are really overrated in strength sports. Um, I know that feels like it's a wild take, but I hope after explaining that, people kind of understand where I'm coming from with that. I'm going to take a stab at you, Kyle. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to take the Paul Mauser stance on this because this is how I think Paul would answer this question. I think for very pure beginner strongmen, barbells are actually underrated. I agree because. With you have so many people who get into strongman and they see the shiny objects like axles and logs and stones and sandbags, and they only want to lift those. But it comes back to the same argument that I was making about like snatches and clean and jerks, where it's not going to tax you to the same amount that you could do on a squat. So like your snatch is not like going to tax you a whole lot. Same with like a sandbag load or uh, an axle bar deadlift. Well, actually, that's a bad example. Let's just stick to like loads. Stone so, load. Yeah. You're not going to be able to lift nearly as much on a – I think we've even talked about this in previous yep. episodes. Now I'm talking about I'm kind of getting like a deja vu moment here. Um, but you're not going to be able to load nearly as much on a, with a stone that you're going to be able to back squat. And you have so many people – well, I won't say so many, but you see a lot of times beginners who just go and do those specific events and specific events only and completely neglect important things – like building your base strength, like squats. Um, I'm not going to do any name calling here, but I, I've seen a couple people on Instagram who um, they just go and do car deadlifts and they do like sets of like 30. And yeah. Like, why don't you just go do a barbell deadlift yeah. and get stronger? Because yeah. he has a car deadlift in competition. He goes and loads up this like eight foot long car deadlift. <laughs> the tires come off the ground like one inch yep. and then the handles flex the rest of the way. So he might be picking up like 315 pounds at the top or something like that. You know, not the whole yep. weight of the car. Like, go do your barbell deadlifts, damn it, and get stronger. Don't get too over specific in everything because a base strength is important. But yeah, as a whole, I think for like your more generalized, advanced to intermediate to advanced strongmen, I think they're a little overrated. Yeah, but that's exactly I where I land. Think, 
I also think they're perfectly rated. Sometimes it depends on the person, you know, like I can't, I can't just throw a general blanket statement out there across the board and say they're overrated, underrated, or perfectly rated. I think there's individualities about each aspect of the sport where you're at and based on the person, you know, like for me, I personally feel like barbells are perfectly rated obviously because Paul's a great coach and I feel like I get the perfect amount of barbell work to other kind of stuff. But I think generally speaking as a whole, they're a little bit overrated. But yeah, that's that's why I took the Paul Mauser stance because I wanted yeah. to kind of put that out there as well. No, and I agree with that, and that's why like I have that caveat of if you're a beginner and you're new to the sport, you need to spend those couple years getting really proficient at barbell lifts and like squats. I think barbell gets. I just think it's can we do that variation in the off season of using safety squat bars, transformer bars, take oh, some load off that. Yeah. And so for me, I agree with everything you're saying. I'm still going to go overrated, but I think it's that caveat of. You need oh, to put yeah. in that work first in order to be able to have my answer of overrated. But, yeah. all right, appreciate everyone listening. I uh, hope you tune in next week. Moving on to part three of this. So, thanks for tuning in. As always, follow us on Instagram at Milo Coaching Systems. Sean at Sean underscore Mulliken. I'm at Milo underscore Coach underscore Kyle. And thank you for listening. Thanks, guys.